Hannah, uh, lovely to meet you. Likewise, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we're about based. Well, I'm in Los Angeles. I've been here for the last 11 years, but I grew up mainly in Australia. Ah, what, what made you go to the States? Bright lights, big city, <laughs> mermaid, mermaid opportunities. Um, you know, my dad has, was living over here. He's passed now, rest in, rest in peace, but he was living over here for 35 years. Um, my sister also moved over from Australia about 11 years ago, and I just figured that, you know, um, things in a small town, I'd rather be, I'd rather be a small fish in a big town than a big fish in a small town for a little while because I was coming from Byron Bay in Australia, which was a tiny little seaside town, beautiful place to be a mermaid, but, you know, as far as business and opportunities, very tiny. Yeah, indeed. And uh, Byron Bay, fabulous place, stunning. stunning. Yeah, so gorgeous. Yeah. (laughs) Just a a short while ago, um, I got introduced to the film Tigress, which... Mm -hmm shows you free diving and dancing uh, with tiger sharks. And I have to say, I think it was one of the most audacious underwater feats <laughs> I've ever seen. I mean, it, it, I've watched it with my mouth open. It was absolutely amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that film? Yeah, that definitely was an audacious moment. <laughs> And whenever I get scared of anything in my life, it's the thing that I look back to and I went, oh, my God, if I did that, I can do whatever. Um, So that came about because I've been working with the wonderful Sean Heinrichs, who is an incredible underwater cinematographer, activist, um, ocean man for about six years. And we've done some very successful campaigns to bring attention to manta rays, to whales um, and to the ocean. But it's always so difficult to get people to care about things like sharks where they perceive them as a threat and as this dangerous man-eating animal that's going to rip you out of the ocean the second that you get in there. And so we thought, okay, how, how can we create connection between the humans and these animals and therefore get people to care about them and therefore get them to put laws in place to protect them? And so we traveled down to the Bahamas and we had a huge team. Usually I work very small with me, a photographer, maybe a couple of scuba divers to safety us. But this time we had a massive team because there I was 35 foot deep in the ocean floor with 12 pounds of lead weights in my boots, wearing nothing but a little bikini painted up in this incredible blue and black striped costuming and um, dancing with multitudes of tiger sharks on the ocean floor is definitely something that you don't want to try at home (laughs) but um, our aim was to create a, a harmonious connection a feeling where there's an interplay there's a dance and there's reciprocity of interest and curiosity and not this feeling of of danger and so it was it was just such an incredible experience because I literally got to run my fingers along the bottom of their their bellies as they swam past and feel their musculature and their strength and out of all the animals in the ocean that I've swum with over the last 20 years of being a professional mermaid tiger sharks were the only ones that actually came up 
for physical interaction. They seemed to like getting their little snout tickled or like just to sweep past the fingertips. And that blew my mind because here are these ones that we're the most scared of and yet I'm having the most intimate connection with. And so it really changed my whole perspective on sharks and how we can safely interact with them. And that film was seen by over 50 million people in the first 24 hours that it was released on TV networks and online because that thing, we were breaking the stereotype and we were really shifting people's perspective on how you can interact with these species. And it was um, you know, very instrumental in helping to bring the, the world's attention to shark kills. And, you know, we kill 100 million sharks every year. It's obscene. We are annihilating their species and throwing the entire ocean ecology out of balance. So anything that helps people find a, a way to connect to these animals and find a way to protect them is really valuable. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I want to come on a little bit later to, to your work with conservation and stuff. Um, but but just staying on the uh, on this particular film for the moment, um, preparation. How did you, how did you prepare yourself mentally for this? Because I assume you hadn't done anything quite like it before. Well, I'd actually swum with great white sharks in a mermaid oh. tail for six days straight some years prior. Um, so I had a little experience in that realm, but it was very different because this time I was weighted to the bottom of the ocean floor and I um, wasn't swimming around and I wasn't breath holding. I was uh, as far as going up and down. I was on scuba air and then I would go to hold my breath, give the air away, take off the mask and interact. And the preparation involved in something like this is just insane. So I... Obviously, was, I've done a lot of breath hold and free diving experience in my life. I actually did a lot of yoga, meditation, breath work, um, physical activity, dance, movement, strength training, all of these things to get the body in condition and also the mind because just keeping your cool in situations like that definitely takes a, a, a little bit more than your average uh, chill zone. You know, I was like, I really need to do a lot of meditation to get myself right, to be able to be alpha and show them who's boss and yet be really chill and send out calming love vibes so that they didn't feel threatened in it by me. Um, and oh, there's a few other things that we were really important just on the safety aspect. Um, I actually had contact lenses in my eye that were underwater contact lenses um, very difficult to get, very new tech, and um, quite functional, about 70% as good as an underwater mask. But the unfortunate part was after about 20 minutes of being down there, one of them would always just flutter out and be gone. And I'll tell you, these contact lenses were $400 per piece. So it was a very expensive shoot, so, but that was what we'd committed to, to, to being able to do it really safely and to be able to interact with them and still get that natural look of, you know, there's just a girl down there dancing with tiger sharks. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah, during that, you just answered my, my next two questions. Uh, what about the air? <laughs> and uh, the other about seeing under the water because, you know, normally it's like blurry, but contact lenses, yeah. you, know, you could do that. 
Yeah, well, that's the only shoot that I've actually worn them on. Every other shoot that you see, I am experiencing the same as you, blurry eyes under there, and I've just gotten used to it. And you learn to rely more on just like the large shapes and the way that they move. Um, and yeah, just a, a sort of sixth sense of what's going on under there rather than the details. And it's always so interesting for me. I have these experiences, and they're blurry, and then I get to re-experience them on the film, watching them and seeing like, oh, that's, that's what's going on. Oh, look, you can, that, that tiger shark was really looking at me in the eye there. I didn't know. <laughs> ah, fantastic, fantastic. I, I was just looking at um, one of your pages on your website of some, just some images of you. Uh, they are quite remarkable. Um, in what you're doing, as well as the what the photographer is doing. I mean, I'm looking at one now, if you're on a, a bow of a ship and the sharks over you, fish in front. And then there's um, uh, you with pilot whales, looks like, and oh. whale shark. I mean, there's a fabulous one of the whale sharks and, mm. uh, and you're just there. At, uh, I've been very lucky to swim with a multitude of animals <sighs> in the ocean. There's Stunning. not many large ones that I haven't interacted with yet, but uh, orcas, killer whales, still on the list. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Final frontier. Just, just looking at those, I, I'm kind of thinking, has, has there ever been an occasion where somebody has asked you to do something underwater and you kind of thought, no, actually, I don't think I'm going to be comfortable doing that. And I've had to say no. Or have you really just gone for absolutely everything? Uh, well, when I first got asked to travel across from Australia to Guadalupe Island in Mexico to swim with the great white sharks, and I had not even had any shark experience underwater before, and suddenly someone's asking me to do the most dangerous thing in a mermaid tail on the other side of the planet. And I said to them, look, I don't think that that's a good idea. <laughs> And they, you know, they kept sort of saying, "Look, we've we've done this a lot of times. We really, truly believe that you'll be as safe as you could be in that scenario. And they're not out to eat us. We're trying to prove that we're not dinner. That you know, if they can tell the difference, they're very clever." And I was just like, "You know what? You can you can cover my cost to get there, but I will not promise to get into the water." And they decided that they'd take the risk on getting me there. And the day that I got onto this boat, middle of nowhere, a little flight, little boat, you know, on a stinky fishing trawler and then this beautiful clean ocean. And I looked down and I saw these huge great white sharks swimming and these guys, these freedivers were literally taking fin rides and swimming around them. And I was like, I want to get in there. And so even the most dangerous ones, once I see the actual experience and it's not just the fear of the unknown, I generally want to do it. Wow. That, that must have been quite a moment, that first. That, and, of course, as you say, in A Mermaid Tale, which is... I yeah, well, it was, it was sort of an unexpected moment when it actually happened because... I went in with a wetsuit first and scuba gear to just acclimate myself and we get in, in the cage and then we'd open the cage door and swim out. And I must admit to feeling quite terrified and very awkward and out, literally out of my depth. And the next day I kind of thought about it and I was like, you know what, I feel, 
out of my element when I'm wearing scuba gear. I want my mermaid tail and I want to be able to move faster in the water. And even though that seems more crazy, I think I'm going to feel better about it. I'm going to feel more like part of the ecosystem. And they went, okay, let's do it then. And so I started getting the mermaid tail on. And at that moment, a great white shark got itself stuck inside the cage at the back of the boat somehow. And it was thrashing around and there's water going everywhere. And then it managed to break itself free um, and broke a huge metal bar off the cage. And everybody looked at me like, are you ready to get in the water now? I was like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> so it was like extra, extra. Um, and I did have you know, six days of swimming with them that was absolutely amazing. And generally they're very wary and more scared of me than I was of them in the end. But there was one moment, I think on the fifth day, when this, this shark just didn't seem so scared of me anymore. And instead of going around in a circle and just checking me out from a distance, it started coming towards me. And there was this moment that just slowed down to infinitesimal time where every conversation I'd had about the great white sharks replayed in my head what do I do what do I do and don't turn tail don't run show it who's boss and as it came towards me I put my hands up and started screaming underwater and you know acting like I'm I'm in charge and which of course probably looked ridiculous and sounded like blah, 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 blah. but it was an action that did not signal I'm scared and it made a, a a scary thing to the shark and it just took off and so from then on I was like oh my god I'm invincible not true but you know it was it was a a good moment to show me that you know when things get really difficult um there's there's a voice inside my head that will show me what to do and what steps to take and the learning that I've put in and the education around how to handle these animals um, it's all in there and there'll be time to think about it. Wow. That's mm. quite a story. It, yeah. it, it is interesting when the more time you spend with uh, animals, either on land or underwater or whatever, your, your instincts for how to be with them do, do mm. grow exponentially. They, you you get, suddenly get, find you've got feeling on mm. how to interact with animals exactly and, uh, but it i find it only comes with time it's not something anybody can tell you uh, no. what to do, really you, you have to feel it <laughs> as, you, as you were saying yeah i remember the first time i saw a stingray and i was so terrified i literally like got up out of the water and walked on water to get back to the, sh the shore and then you know many years later i was you know, having stingrays or, or slide all over my body as I'm interacting with them. So it's, you definitely can learn to be comfortable. It's, it's not something that is innate with anyone, I don't think. You start to understand and appreciate them. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Looking at um, a bit more on your on your site, um, it says you travel the world uh, performing for charity projects um, etc. to bring awareness of uh, the oceans and its precious animal life. Um, so, obviously, conservation is very important to you. Can mm. you just give us a little insight into? Well, actually, 
Was there a moment in, in time when you suddenly thought, do you know what, the oceans are actually in danger and I need to do something? Mm. When I first started being a mermaid and swimming around a lot in Byron Bay, being living near the ocean, uh, I, I worked with a group called Surface Fossitations and they, one of them, one of them showed me this heartbreaking footage of dolphins being killed in Japan. And prior to that, I thought, well, you know, they, bit of tuna fishing and that, they'll kill, kill dolphins accidentally. Why, why would anyone kill a dolphin on purpose? And I, I honestly didn't believe it. I was like, this, is this real? People just kill dolphins? And watching it was so heartbreaking that I knew that I had to do something. And around that time, we'd also been going to visit the international whaling conventions and starting to learn about how they're killing whales around the world still. And traveling, one of the guys that I was dating was a surfer and he, we got to go around to all these beautiful places like Fiji and Hawaii and Tahiti. And I started to notice that the coral reefs that we'd been to just a year or two previously were starting to look more degraded and there was trash everywhere and plastic bags. So it all just kind of started falling apart in front of my face and the idea of just being a pretty mermaid that gets to swim around this glorious world was suddenly superseded by, wow, I just have to be a servant of the ocean, a servant of the sea and do something to stop this destruction so that other people can at least experience some of this majesty and beauty. And so at that point, um, and I'd always used dressing up and characters to get across a point. Like I remember standing as a forest fairy in front of a um, bulldozer when I was in my early 20s um, trying to stop old growth forest logging. So using the mermaid icon as, as a way to protest against ocean conservation, uh, ocean degradation um, has, has always been part of what I do. But yeah, though, that moment of seeing dolphins being killed online was the real turning point of like, wow, just this whole thing is just dedicated to helping the ocean. It's, it's interesting what you were saying about noticing differences. Um, I mean, I've been diving a long time and mm. the what you notice is disappearing early on in my diving life was, was quite slow to notice gradually mm. over the years, you know, changes, but now uh, you notice things year by year. I mean, thing, things yeah. are disappearing rapidly, uh, which is terrifying in, in all sorts of ways. What kind of response do you get from um, general public um, to your conservation work? Are people actually interested? Um, do you think you're having an effect with what you're doing? Yeah, people are very interested. I think the challenge is most people don't know what to do about that feeling. And it is difficult to know what to do. You, you want to feel like you're personally doing something rather than just going, well, I donate to a charity and I continue to live my life. Like mm. that is great. And that's very helpful, but people feel disconnected to being able to make a difference themselves. <clears throat> and so 
as unpopular as, as the opinion may, may be to some people, I'm personally fully vegan. And to me, that is one of the biggest things that you can do to help the ocean is to not eat fish and to also not eat all animals um, because that is making major impact on the food chain and our environment. Um, so that's one thing that we can do. Um, and then just making small cho choices in our consumerism every single day. You know, where is it coming from? What's it packaged in? Where is it going? Where's the packaging going? Um, but I do think that the most important thing we can do is to vote with our choices in mind of what kind of world do we want to live in? What kind of environment are we trying to support? And so having lawmakers in the place where they're making those big laws is where it's really, really going to change. So, yeah, it all comes down to putting people in power, voting with your money. and But it's also interesting just seeing the small differences that you can make in someone's personal perspective. I remember getting a lot of emails after Tigress film came out where people said, I never wanted to get in the ocean at all terrified of the water because I honestly thought a shark would come and get me as soon as I started swimming out past the waves and after seeing your film that's totally changed and I'm really not only interested in it I want to be a marine biologist I want to do this I've joined a group or I've you know started swimming so just the visuals of seeing someone interact with the ocean can change people's personal perspective on it. And we don't protect, we, we only protect what we love. So if we can just get people excited about the ocean and I think other things flow from there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I was very happy to hear you say you're, you don't eat fish. It's, it's I mean, the, the, the world is driven by the consumer, basically, I mm. think. It, um, I mean, I have no faith at all in people in power. Uh, I think there's, there's just so many other things going on with keeping industry going, jobs, et cetera, that the environment takes a very back place to it all. But as consumers, you know, we can do so much by simply not buying. And mm. just to give up eating fish. I mean, it's not even that good for you. It's the oceans are so polluted at the moment. Yeah. You're better off not eating it. And yeah, that's the big message I try and get out all the time. Oh, awesome. Good work. Yeah, I was remembering my dad once told me, or I, I said to him, Dad, I noticed that you eat quite a lot of fish and I know that you think it's healthy, but have, do you know that there's a lot of heavy toxic metals and mercury in a lot of fish, especially the big ones? And he was like, oh, I don't eat that much. And then a month later, he came to me and he said, you know, I actually went and got my levels tested because I wanted to prove you wrong. And what actually happened is my doctor said I should stop eating fish because I had high levels of mercury in my, in my diet. And that was the only place that it could have come from. Oh, right. my goodness. <clears throat> wow, that, that was a hell of a wake-up call. Yep. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard that. For, I mean, you, you know, you get lots of um, uh, mercury tests for for the, the top predators in the oceans, the whales, the dolphins, mm. seals, etc. And it's very high. That's the first time I've heard it um, being so noticeable in uh, a human. Very interesting. Yep. 
Golly, my goodness. It's interesting when I talk to lots of conservationists and marine research people and stuff that they're mostly women and girls. Right. I personally, yeah. I personally meet or see very few um, men or boys doing it. Um, huh. Do you find that or no? Is that just me? I find that it's pretty even across the board and for, for my interaction. Um, and I suppose because a lot of the people I'm working with are uh, photographers and um, boat, boat people, uh, which traditionally have, for I don't know what reason, been more male-based things. Um, so I tend to find a lot of men in in the people that I hang out with, and I honestly wish that I had more women that I was working with in this realm. But for me, it's been the opposite. So I'm really happy to hear that you're meeting heaps of women who are in the conservation world. It's the you know on the physical side of doing stuff like camera work or driving boats mm. and all that. Yeah, it's it's mostly men, but. Doing the actual on hands research, the diving, the, the form mm. filling, uh, just seems to be girls. Yeah, probably like all the behind the scenes work that actually makes it happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> We're just better at organizing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, um, you run uh, courses to <clears throat> teach people to be mermaids, ladies to be mermaids. I do. Yeah, we have a, a course called Remember Atlantis, and it's a mermaid and dance retreat. We hold it in Bali, and uh, my my partner of in the retreats is a woman named Aradia Sanseri. She does the uh, tribal fusion belly dance and women's vitality retreats, and then I add the mermaid underwater breath work and yoga um, element <clears throat> so we're literally taking people through this experience of how do you do yoga breath work meditation and dance to condition the body and the mind to get ready to go underwater and then what do you do when you're under there and how do you hold your breath how do you pose how do you move how do you understand the ocean how do you interact with animals and yeah just have a really gorgeous adventure with a bunch of amazing forward-thinking women do you ever get mermen? Do you ever get men? Yeah, there's twin. They do. We've um, only been holding this one, this specific retreat for women, but I've taught a lot of mermen um, in workshops and personal trainings as well. And mermen culture is definitely taking off. There's lots of them around. Ah, excellent. Oh, yeah, when you, yeah, when you want your tail, Jeff, just let me know. <laughs> I will do. <laughs> ah, I bet it's so good to hear. That's nice. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just general, um, you know, freediving uh, certainly here is just, just growing a lot. It's, it's mm. seeing a lot more clubs around now. So, yeah. Where are you? I'm in Cornwall in the uh, southwest of England. Yeah. Uh, one of my best friends, Samuel J. Tell, amazing musician who I ran an ocean conservation event with last week, is from Cornwall. Uh -huh. And if, if you don't know him, you should know him because he's one of your own and he's an incredible singer-songwriter and he does a lot of ocean activism and um, is a 
free diver and surfer and all the things, but like, yeah, primarily an incredible singer songwriter. And we put on this amazing event in a place called Wisdom, Los Angeles. And it's a big, uh, dome projection event space. And we projected Sean Heinrich's incredible underwater cinematography of me interacting with the animals onto this 360 dome while Samuel was playing these beautiful ocean songs. And we had all these different incredible musicians and performance artists and um, speakers. Uh, and it was, yeah, called Ocean Bloom. It was all uh, ocean charity. Very successful. Ah, that sounds good. I'll look, I must look it up. Is he still based mm. in Cornwall or no? He lives in Los Angeles. He's there. He's definitely there. Hannah, lovely to chat to you and great to meet you. Um, Likewise. Uh, there's just one other thing on your um, um, the main page of your, of your website, uh, which kind of stands out, really. It says, my mission is to create a world based on love where all beings are valued, appreciated and live in harmony with each other. Can you expand on that just a little mm -hmm. time more? Although you, you pretty well have, but... Mm. Just a bit more. You know, I, when I was a kid, I felt like I could talk to the animals, not in like um, very clear sentences, but I felt like they are all our friends and how anyone could harm, eat, abuse an animal because to me they are some of the best friends that one could ever ask for. <clears throat> and or let alone us other humans that we don't seem to treat very well. And I always felt really out of place. I'm like, why isn't everybody being nice to each other? I feel like I'm from a different planet. Like, how is there so much cruelty and, and inhumanity? Um, so, yeah, that is that is my mission, is just to try to bring peace and humanity and uh, just a coagulation of awesomeness for humanity and the animals that we share this planet with. Ah, that would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it just? Oh, it'd just be fantastic. And, I mean, every, every and, time I turn on the news, I never see any any good news anymore. You know, it's it's all yeah, it's a bit of a shit storm at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's. But you know, I have gathered with people around, um, you know, in these beautiful subcultures of of. Um, you know, yoga and meditation and arts and uh, just interesting community. Um, things like the Burning Man community and, um, you know, the conservation community. There are pockets of humanity that are so inspiring and so creative and are really doing such incredible things to figure out new ways of living and interacting and communicating so while <clears throat> being in the conservation space can be really depressing because you see and hear about the worst of it, it's also really inspiring because there's just so many artists and people willing to give their time, love, energy, skills to making a better world. So that's, that's part of why I'm here. It's part of why I'm here in Los Angeles because there's a lot of people working together for big projects to make change. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, hopefully... We can all join together and do awesome stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely right. And I do m meet these kind of people occasionally, and it is humbling 
I mean, they are just uh, incredible people. Uh, I wish mm. there were many more. I'll leave it there because um, time is running on and I appreciate greatly you taking time to, to talk to us. It's, just thought of one last thing. Have you got project, uh, another project in hand coming up very soon? Uh, what do we got? Um, you know, I just did this really cool project where I worked with a incredible commercial diver who got hold of a vintage dive suit from the World War II era, you know, bell helmet, very dangerous to wear. And we did a test shoot of just photos uh, out at Catalina Island, freezing cold. I managed 30 minutes in 52 degrees um, water. But we're going to go back and make a short film about um, doing that. So that will be really cool. And then um, I also have a, very, a short artistic mermaid film coming out in the next couple of weeks and yeah we'll see what the new year brings i'm hoping that our bali retreat of mermaids will be able to continue to go ahead but you know world is is an unsure thing right now with travel isn't it yeah I, absolutely it's uh, i haven't been on a plane for a couple of years now it's it's mm. just too risky really Hannah, brilliant. Well, look, you take great care. And uh, as I say, lovely to meet you. And Likewise. for now, say goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care.